Hello, coders. Welcome to the Scrimba podcast. On this weekly show, I speak with successful developers about their advice on learning to code and getting your first junior developer job. I am really excited to bring you this episode with Dan from Australia, who managed to convince a company to hire him with only six months of development experience. Previously, Dan was an air conditioning technician, but he grew to really, really dislike that job. And when his hours got dramatically cut because of the pandemic, Dan turned to Scrimba and the front-end developer career path to learn web development and become a hireable developer. Now, be under no illusion, in six months, you will not be the absolute best developer. Dan, by his own admission, has a lot more to learn, but his story proves that employers aren't always looking for the absolute best or most experienced programmer. In this episode, you will learn how to impress an employer and stand out despite not having the most experience. Dan managed to get his foot in the door by writing a very compelling cover letter. I've also linked Dan's cover letter in the show notes so that you can learn from it. In it, he describes being 35 and looking for a career change, and he also highlights his interpersonal skills and desire to improve. Dan reminds us, you never know what is around the corner. Except now, the interview with Dan is around this corner. Let's get into it. Daniel, welcome to the Scrimba podcast. It's so great to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you're based and how long you've been coding for? Um, yeah, I'm in Adelaide, South Australia, about January. What's that? Seven months ago now. I signed up to Scrimba pretty much. Um, it was one of the first things I did. And uh, yeah, that's my coding history, basically. <laughs> I have to say, I did notice that I think in January, around the time you joined Scrimba and the community, you posted in one of our Discord channels, which is all around people celebrating and sharing stories about when they found work. And I think you wrote something to the effect of like, wow, that's a great story. And then what, seven months later, you're sharing your own. I thought that was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I forgot that. Totally forgot about that, actually. (laughs) That's really cool. I I often think back to... um, I was in air conditioning before this, uh, refrigeration and air conditioning, and wasn't enjoying it. And I often think back to moments where I just wish I could be doing anything else. And I remember thinking, oh, maybe one day I can become a developer. You don't know what's around the corner. Like, you just have no idea. Why did development stand out to you? So I kind of have this picture of you working as an air conditioning tech, just thinking about the future and thinking about becoming a coder. Last year when COVID hit, I wanted to do something with my time because I, I, our hours got dropped at work. So I had some spare time at home and I released a physical product. Um, well, I was, I was developing it. So I was looking for podcasts for entrepreneurship and all that sort of thing. I came across Indie Hackers podcast and it's amazing. But at the time I was like, uh, I don't know how to code. This is not relevant to me, but I kind of just listened anyway. Fast forward a bit. I was like, oh. Digital products seem so much easier <laughs> than, than physical goods. <laughs> less capital, just less everything. Just as much hard work, I'm sure, though. And then I thought, oh, and that's right. My, my girlfriend actually kept pushing me into making websites because I was making a website for myself on what was on Wix. And um, she kept telling me how I was good at doing it and I should pursue it. I was like, no, 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 I'm not that good. Uh, just all the self-doubt kind of thing. And then I don't know. I guess she planted the seed. And then eventually through listening to indie hackers, through having that thought in my head going, maybe I could make something of this. I, I don't even know. if When I joined Scrimper, I don't know if I had the goal to actually leave my job and come, become a junior developer. 
I don't know if that was on the radar. I was just doing it to learn to code. And I think probably about, I don't know, a month or month and a half into it is when I probably started realizing maybe I could leave work because I'm really not enjoying this. That's cool. So your girlfriend almost planted the seed and in the first few months you were just watering the plants, but then it started to blossom and you were like, okay, maybe I should become a full-time gardener to take the analogy one step too far, maybe. And you don't realize it at the time. You said the butterfly effect, one tiny little thing that you do, one tiny action. And I sometimes wonder if I didn't come across the Indie Hackers podcast, I wouldn't have got that much into coding. I wouldn't have cared much about doing that. What was your experience on Scrimba like, Daniel? It was good. I don't know if I realized it at the time, but that structure on Scrimba, it really helped with the efficiency of learning. The speed at which you can learn going from no code to completing that course is, I can't remember what the website says you could do it in, but I did it in probably five months, realistically with work and all those sort of things. And since finishing it, trying to learn other things like PHP and some other things that I'm doing at work, my progress has slowed down so much. And I think that's because you go from one little course, go, oh, now I'll learn this now. You're kind of learning that. And then you think, oh, I've got to learn something else. And you're jumping from thing to thing to thing. Whereas on Scrimba, you're just going through the whole, well, each module and then the next module learning quite efficiently. There are two parts to Scrimba, which is the kind of pedagogy, which is about not just passively watching someone else code, but actually clicking the editor and participating. But also the path is designed so that you get the skills that enable you to build applications independently. I think it's quite difficult when you're a self-taught programmer to create your own path. It, It can be hard to know when you've learned enough of HTML to move on to something like CSS or later JavaScript. And likewise, at some point, you might want to bring in a framework like React. And the career path kind of caters to making sure you have the foundation to move on to the next step. We have that belief but, you know, it is a belief and everything. And it's, and it's built based on our experience as self-taught programmers and working with the Scrimba community. But still, it's only a belief. And so when someone comes back and says it really worked for them, well, that's just awesome feedback. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really good. Um, and I, you see a lot of people online asking if they should learn a framework or what framework should they learn? And they haven't grasped even the fundamentals yet. And I don't know, maybe that's another thing that I took for granted where on Scrimba, you get taken through the fundamentals of CSS and, you know, HTML and also JavaScript. There's people who aren't following a structured course, kind of just winging it, doing a bit of this and a bit of that, and then learning a framework without knowing the basics. So what happened there then? Because you mentioned your goal, essentially, like it wasn't a clear goal. Um, But as it emerged, you were thinking you might become a full-time developer towards the end of the year, the beginning of next year. But after about six, seven months, you're you're there today. And I'm I'm excited to learn a bit more about how that job came about and the interview and things like that. But but first, like, why did it come about so much quicker than you were expecting? Actually, I think that had to do with my job at the time. I actually just moved to a new company in January, um, a different company, thinking that you know, it's going to be better and I was going to enjoy it more. About a month and a half into it, I realized it's not the company. It's 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 the career. It's the work. I, I, I couldn't stand the work. One particularly bad week and bad day, I just thought, screw it. I'm going to apply for this job because I was looking on the job listings site for jobs, just at what they were. I had no intention of applying at first. And then, yeah, after one really bad week, I just went for it. I applied. It was more of a software developer job. I got the email saying, sorry, um, you didn't get it, which was fine. And then I applied for another job. That was a junior front-end developer. I even forgot that I applied for that one. 
Uh, so that wasn't that significant. And then this listing came up and the way the listing was written was so, I don't know, just stood out. Like they cared about people. I don't know. I can't explain it. It was just really well written. I can't remember it too much. And it caught my eye. And I thought, yeah, I really want to apply for this one. And I don't know if other people are like me, but sometimes you see a listing that really captures you and you want to go above and beyond to try and get that job. Whereas some other listings, they seem a bit bland, a bit boring. You're like, oh, I'll apply. But your heart's not in it. So yeah, this one particular one in the cover letter, I didn't have any experience to write about. I was an air conditioning tech and I'd been doing Scrimba, what, four months at that stage, maybe three or four months. So I just told them what I'm doing in life at the moment and where I want to go and how much dedication and work that I'm putting in to achieve that. Yeah, I sort of redid my resume as well. My resume for air conditioning and refrigeration isn't amazing. It's pretty bland, pretty boring. I went online and looked at some templates for tech sort of industry resumes, found a nice looking one and I just sort of copied it and put that together, sent that off. So uh, a few weeks had passed and um, hadn't really heard anything and I was losing a bit of confidence um, as you do as time goes on and started discounting the possibility and starting to sort of get back on with thinking about learning and, and finishing Scrimba. Um, because I, I told a lie, I haven't actually finished Scrimba yet. <laughs> I've got up to, I mean, the React module actually. And I think that was about the time when I started applying for these jobs. And, you know, they say, oh, we're using this framework or we, we use PHP. And you're like, so you scramble because you've applied and you go, better learn as much of that as I can just to prepare for the slight possibility I get the job. So anyway, I hadn't heard anything in a while. Went back to Scramble, kept learning. And uh, then I got the email saying, congratulations, um, you've made it through to the next round. And that was a phone interview. The email sort of contained a few questions and they really wanted to know where you were at in your skill level. You didn't have to complete the questions. They actually stated, look, they're not compulsory, um, no points off if you get them wrong. But of course, you sort of do them anyway, because I think it would be still not so good if you didn't do them. So I attended these questions. I thought they were JavaScript. Spoiler, they're actually PHP and I didn't know. (laughs) because <laughs> they didn't put PHP tags in there. And I was like, oh, okay, something about arrays and key value pairs. So I did a little bit of Googling. I didn't want to research too much to give a full sense of where I was at for the company, seeing it wasn't, I didn't care too much about it. I think what saved me, or not maybe not what saved me, but what made a big difference was putting my explanation in my reasoning, right? Like actually ex- explaining, you know, what my answers were. I guess it's like mathematics. You don't just, in school, we didn't just write the answer. You wrote down, you're working out. And then if you got it wrong, at least the teacher can go, oh, okay, he's done this and this and this and this, but he's just messed up there. So he understands that. I did that with my answers, submitted it, organized a phone interview, and I was pretty excited because it actually validated that this could be a possibility after all this time of not enjoying my work. Yeah, it was a scheduled to be a, what was it, a 15 minute interview and it went for 45 minutes. That is always <laughs> a great sign of a good chat, don't you think? Yes, amazing. We just didn't stop talking really. And what were you talking about? Was it like coding questions or about your story, ambitions? A little bit of story, but mostly, I guess you call them soft skills. So how you talk to clients. I think there might have been a couple of you know scenarios of what would you do in this scenario or how would you approach this client and that sort of thing again it just came down to honesty as well and life experience and not trying to sound better than you are and just really speaking from the heart and connecting with the person on the other end 
If you are enjoying this episode of the Scrimba podcast, please do us at Scrimba a favor and recommend it to your friends. Word of mouth is the single best way to support a podcast that you like, so thanks in advance. Next week, I'm joined by my old friend, Phil Legator, who is going to teach you all about developer relations and the career options that exist within this relatively niche but exciting division of many technology companies. Phil was a director of developer relations at a company called Vonage, which is listed on the public stock exchange and shares not only his views of developer relations, but his general experience as a hiring manager, such as how companies go about hiring from the inside. There are lots of developer relations roles available at the moment. Lots and lots and lots. The demand has never been bigger, but there aren't enough candidates right now. So I think it actually the problem at the moment is a bit more reversed. So, you know, to listeners who are in software development and have thought about or even haven't thought about developer relations, but are now aware of it, it's a genuine opportunity. If you're interested in either variety or you like, you know, learning new things, creating new things and sharing and enabling others and supporting communities or a subsection of those, there are lots of roles in DevRel there. That's next week on the Scrimba podcast. So make sure you subscribe so you see it in your feed and support the show. Back to the interview with Dan. I like your attitude a lot. Like you want to put forth some effort, right? Like Googling and Stack Overflowing. Think by now we can all accept this part of any developer's role. But you didn't aim to exaggerate your knowledge. In this case, you could enter earnestly and say, hey, I'm, I'm not the most experienced, but I'm here to learn. And that was in theme of your cover letter. So I think just in general, being honest and sincere served you really well here. Exactly. I don't know what it is about developer jobs and our industry, but there is a lot of room for opportunity. Like if you're the kind of person who hasn't got a computer science degree, who is maybe trying to change career or maybe honestly just had a bad start in life and you, you're you learning to code as a way to change your life, there are a lot of giving people in positions to hire and it doesn't just come down to the coding knowledge. Like it comes down to the attitude and the ethics and the, um, well, how much you care, right? Like how much are you willing to improve? Yeah. So um, if I was successful with that interview, um, the next round was going to be an on-site sort of a day in the office. Initially, they were going to have a few of us in the office all at once. Then it ended up being just, I, th- I think, less people got through than what they were initially expecting. Um, so they could have one person at a time kind of thing, which probably is best. After that interview, another thing I sort of just remembered was we had a really good chat about what I should learn moving forwards. Just in case, you know, I sort of asked the question, if if I was to get this position, what should I be learning? What should I be focusing on? He sort of mentioned we, well, they do a lot of WordPress and using PHP. So that's what I did for the next two weeks. I was every waking minute was studying PHP because I'd never touched PHP before. So they let two weeks pass between that phone interview and the on-site one? I think it was about a week and a half. Okay, but during that time, you were all over PHP and WordPress? Yes. I think I was really just focusing on PHP, not really WordPress, because he did say focus on PHP in particular string functions. So that's what I did. I, I kind of... I kind of wanted to stick in his mind because I thought I, I was one of the very first phone calls that he had. So I thought, well, if there's a lot of people, I don't want him to forget about me, you know, by the end of it. Everybody wants to be a memorable candidate. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's right. You improve your chances. So at that stage, the interview was on the Friday. Uh, I think by the Monday, I'd emailed him a question, a PHP question. And that was doing two things. That was bringing me back to the forefront of his mind and also showing him that, hey, I'm actually doing what he suggested I should do. 
And to me, I think that sort of showed that you can follow instructions, follow orders, whatever you want to call it. And I think people would like that. You were selling yourself. Like, it sounds kind of backwards, but if someone's selling a house, if a realtor is selling a house, they don't just present it and let the person forget about them. They're going to phone them and make sure they're friends of mind. And that's what selling is. And you were selling yourself and that's how you get a job, basically. Yeah, totally. We had a couple of emails back and forth. You know, again, you don't want to disturb them. They're busy. They're busy people. They're directors. The last thing you want to do is email them with a very simple question that you could have searched for. But at the same time, I don't know, you word it in a way where it's a little complex and having some insight would be a good thing and they can give that to you. So anyway, I scrambled to get some other sites finished and part of the PHP that I was learning, I sort of built a, what was it? I called it Headshot Recruiters. It was like a poaching company to poach, to get workers from other companies. So that involved PHP where it had a form, you would enter in some data, it would populate, then you'd see all the listings on the homepage. So I emailed them again. I sent that to him. I said, hey, just made this one for you. And I think that was good because, again, that showed uh, that I was progressing, making progress, seeing I'd never touched PHP five days prior to that. And uh, then eventually got the email about a week and a half later to say that I'm successful into moving into the office for a day in the office. So, again, it was the most exciting email I've ever got. More exciting than your invitation to the Scrimber podcast, Daniel. What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that comes after. (laughs) So then it was another mad scramble of crap, I've got to learn more. I've got to just keep learning, keep learning, keep learning. Then the day came, went into the office for the whole morning. I didn't touch one line of PHP code, not one thing of JavaScript, CSS, nothing. All I was doing was using Terminal. I've never used Terminal before, never used Git on the command line, at least. Pulling down sites uh, onto the local machine and doing updates to the plugins and whatnot with uh, WordPress or using Composer and like command line. I thought, I thought I tanked it. I'm going so slow. He's telling me what to do every step of the way. He's telling me what I have to do in the next command. And then I was like, yeah, I should write this down in notes. So then he had to go through it again so I could write it down in notes. And yeah, I mean, we went out for a burger and a beer actually for lunch. So that was pretty cool. Um, had a chat. So how you do it down in Australia? Beers for lunch or is it a special occasion? <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Um, it was a good experience. And uh, yeah, worked through to the evening. I really thought I hadn't made it much at all. He walked me out and sort of said, you know, you did really well. And told me not to worry about how slow I was because, you know, it's my first day or first time using command line and that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, I didn't know. I thought I can't get my hopes up. I was so excited, but you can't get your hopes up. Part of you is still going, look, you might not get that job. So I just tried to focus on life. (laughs) And I can't remember how long the wait was, maybe another week and a half or so. Damn, that's quite a long time. It felt like eternity. Well, yeah, come on, Daniel. How did did this job offer come come your way and what did it feel like, man? We know it's coming. (laughs) (laughs) I did send a couple of emails back and forth again, just to sort of touch base, not to nag him, but just to touch base. And eventually, yeah, eventually got the email to say, congratulations, uh, you've made it. And I don't know, it was a strange feeling. A strange feeling going, I can leave my job. I can leave the job that I hate. Like, yeah, to put it simply, I hated my job. And now I'm moving into something that I've been spending the last seven months dreaming of. And I've made it. Must have been a proud feeling. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Let me go back to the interview for just a second, because I'm curious about your perspective. During this interview, when there wasn't such a high expectation to get the commands perfect, to be totally independent, you know, what was going to make you successful in that interview then, if it wasn't just knowing all the answers? Another thing they were really sort of, I guess, watching out for was how you act as a person, who you are, will you get along with a team? I really don't know. I still asked myself for the first week of working there, once I started, I was still asking myself, why me? (laughs) What did I do? to get this job. <laughs> you emailed him a hundred times, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Probably got sick of me. <laughs> I don't know what they were looking for on the day. I honestly think it was just seeing who you were as a person. I think I'm very lucky in the fact that they're not looking for amazing coding skills or even junior coding skills. You know, you're still a junior, but these guys are looking more for people who can interact with their clients because you're going to be talking to the clients, going to be communicating with them, you know, translating technical problems or technical things into something that the client understands. Maybe your experience as a air conditioning tech is relevant there because for my impression, you'd be going to customers' houses or places of business and understanding the problem. Surely there would be hiccups here and there, like, oh, we need a part or this is just out of warranty or something, like, you know, all kinds of little things. Exactly. You've got it right. I think that's maybe what gave me an advantage of being able to talk to people of all levels, whether it's like a fast food part-time worker, explaining it to them when their manager isn't around or the general manager of a large hotel in the city. You've got to be able to talk to everyone. I think that's what gave me a big sort of step forward in this was that communication. As to your question about what it was that day in the office, it just came down to being able to interact with the team. You had, you demonstrated potential. And I think for what it's worth, from if I add it all up, you know, it was probably six to eight week interview process during which you were improving rapidly, right? Like at the beginning, you couldn't even tell PHP from JavaScript, if we're honest. No. <laughs> no. But by the end, you could demonstrate that you'd learned some PHP. And I think that demonstrates a lot of promise. And that's a great thing for an employer, along with your communication skills and enthusiasm to invest in. Congratulations again, Daniel. This was an epic story. Yeah, thank you. That was Daniel Holmes, whose links you can find in the episode show notes, as well as his impressive and convincing cover letter from which you can learn. Coming up next time on the Scrimber podcast, my old friend Phil Legator joins me to talk about developer relations and what the hiring process looks like inside of a multinational company from his point of view as an employer. That's next Tuesday on the weekly Scrimber podcast. So make sure you subscribe in your podcast app of choice so you don't miss it and also support the show. This episode was edited by Jan Osanovic and I'm your host, Alex Booker. You can follow me on Twitter at Booker Codes where I share highlights from the podcast and other news by Scrimber. See you next week.